2019 uh, is almost over, right? Can you believe that? It's almost over. It's like it's, like it's just started, right? And, um, and I don't know what kind of year it was for you. Right? Maybe you're, stand, you're sitting here this morning and this year was maybe not a good year um, for you. And you're looking forward to next year and you have hopes of something new. You have hopes that it be a really new year, a truly new year. You have hopes of a new season, hopes of a new beginning, hopes of um, just having um, a, a, a fresh start, hopes of a personal revival, hopes of uh, something new in your family. Maybe there's been a lot of uh, brokenness in your family or in your life. Maybe there's been just uh, a, a, lot, uh, a lot of brokenness, maybe in your marriage, maybe with one of your children. And maybe it's in your own heart, it's in your own life. There, there's just been, uh, there, there's a need for something new. And I, I want to kind of today, so if you were to come to me and you came to my house and you sat in my living room, you're like, hey, look, here's kind of a new year beginning. I really want it to be different. Uh, what should I do? And I was to have a chat with you um, these are the things that I'm going to say this morning. These are the things that I would say to you. So I want, you know, I, I know you, you guys came this morning not to be entertained. I'm not a good entertainer anyways. Um, but I, I want to speak to you just from my heart this morning on wh wh what does it take to, to get a, a renewal? What, what does it take? Uh, because, listen, just wishing for something is not going to change things. Wishing for a change is not going to change things. And so it takes, um, it takes more than that. It takes more than just wishing for things to be different. If you uh, just go through the next year the way you went through this year, and you just hope that somehow things are going to be different, you may have uh, another year like this. You know, uh, a, a preacher that I've, I've no known for a while you said one time, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Do you like what you're getting? What he's trying to say is that um, change doesn't just happen. Uh, you don't just wish for it and things change. And in all aspects of life, we don't, that's not how we function. When you want a job, you go look for one. You don't sit at home and say, well, I hope an employer is going to come knock on my door, Right? And that, that, that's, not, that's not the way people uh, deal with, 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 with these things. Um, but when it comes to spiritual things, it seems to be the way we operate. We just kind of wish that somehow things are going to get better. And we ignore something that the Bible says, we reap, we reap while we sow. If you want to change what you're reaping, you change while you're sowing. And so the farmer doesn't just sit there and say, well, I hope, um, you know, tomatoes come out um, whenever season they come out. They, they, they plant something. They water it. They prepare the soil. They do what they got to do. And the result of that is they get a harvest. Okay. So that's what I, I want to I, I kind of uh, talk, talk about. So, and I'm going to speak from the book of Daniel. 
uh, chapter 9. We're going to begin. There's a lot of scripture that we're, uh, we're going to go through. Uh, just give me your attention for the next, you know, 40 minutes or so whatever we have. And we're gonna, just going to go uh, through this together. Daniel chapter 9. While you're flipping there, I'm, I'm just going to pray briefly. Father, I, I thank you that you've gathered us again here to, to just hear your word. Father, I pray that somehow, God, you speak to us, Father. I ask that you speak to us, and more than just speak to us, Father, I ask that you will quicken us, God, that you give us the power to respond to you, God, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel chapter 9. In around 600... Um, 607, 609, right B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon began a campaign against the land of Israel, the land of the kingdom of Judah in particular. And that ended with the total destruction of Jerusalem. Total destruction, destroyed the temple, destroyed everything, everything was gone, gone. And he took captive through a, a three in three waves he took people captives from the, the they killed a lot of people a lot of people were dead men women children they really destroyed the place and they took the, the they took of the some people the survivors they took them to the land of babylon and uh, people like ezekiel and daniel were some of the victims of that they were taken from their land, taken to Babylon, and there the city of God, the city of the people of God was in ruins. And it is unheard of when that happens to a people that they would recover from that. It was just now once your, your place was destroyed, you were, you were taken away. Maybe new people will settle in your, in your place, but... For, the, for them to, to go back and rebuild and restore, that was unheard of. And so, there was, so there, you had Jerusalem lying in ruins. And I want to use that as a metaphor for us. How do we, when we are in ruin, when we see brokenness and destruction and, and just a mess in us or around us, how does, what does it take to kind of restore that? How do we get a fresh beginning? How do we get a personal revival? How do we see a change in our lives? And so here's what uh, the Bible says, Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to begin for, with verse 1. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, the uh, Amid by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from Scripture, according to the word of the Lord given to the prophet, to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem will last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and, sack, in, fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Let me read this again. I, Daniel, understood from Scripture. This is verse 2. I, Daniel, understood from Scripture, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, 
that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. Here is where it begins. Daniel is reading the Word of God. He's reading the Bible. He's reading the book of Jeremiah, the same book of Jeremiah that you and I have. Can you believe that? Daniel is there, and I don't know what that does to you. Every time I read this passage, it almost brings me to tears. Because here's a man, Daniel, who had had visions. He had seen miracles. How about being in a den with lions and the lions don't touch you? That's the kind of life that Daniel had. How about having visions and interpreting a dream for a king, and the king is so impressed, he gets off his throne and bows down in front of Daniel. That's Daniel's history at this point. He's seen visions. He's seen God answer prayers. He's seen miracles. And he's had position. He's a man who did pretty well for himself, actually, in captivity. He became one of the highest-ranking officials in the kingdom had responsibilities over vast areas. He did pretty well, but here is this man. At this point in his life, Daniel is over 80 years old. When he was taken to Babylon, we don't know exactly how old he was, but he was likely a teenager at that time. So at this point, Daniel is over 80 years old. After all that he's been through in life, what do you find him still doing what had he learned works? What had he learned that, he, he, what were the things that he kept coming back to? What were those things that he could, look, he could point to, to his life and say, this is one thing I will never drop out of my life. What were those things? This is the first one. He was a man who read the word of God. At over 80 years old, here is Daniel still reading the Bible, still trying to understand, God, what are you doing? And where do I, how do I fit in it? This is what Daniel is still doing at over 80 years old. You know, that's where I want to be. If God gives me time and I live to be over 80 years old, that's where I, I want to be a man who still hungers after the word of God, who still reads it. God forbid, I hope I, I, don't, I don't end up being a couch potato, a holy couch potato, flipping through, flipping through the channel, the TV. I don't know if they'll have TV in 45 years, whatever they'll have, flipping through the holograms, watch things sitting there saying, and, and, and wasting time. I hope not. I hope that when, that, when God gives me time and I get there, um, there, there will still be there a hunger to look at the Word of God, to say, what is God saying to me? And I want to say this to you. Um, it, look, we, there, God never leaves His people without a word. There is always something that God is saying to His children. There is something God is saying to you, and, and, and listen to this, please, carefully. There is a word that God has to you, has for you for a season. There's also a word that God has for you for every day. Every day you have to read the word of God. Every day. Cada dia. Every day. You eat every day. You feed your body every day. You have to feed your spirit every day. We never, grow, we never outgrow our need for the word of God. 
Daniel could not say, well, I've been a man, I've walked with God, I've had vision, I've had these things. I know the Bible, I don't, I don't need to, 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 to read it that much anymore. That's not, what, that's not what's not his thinking. You never get too, too old. You never get too old for the Word of God. You never get too wise for the Word of God. And, I, and, I, let, me, and let me ask you, Daniel at this age is still searching the Scriptures. Do you think he was wasting his time or was he a wise man? He's a wise man. Wise people search out, search. Wise people take time to try to search for God in the scriptures. Um, When I was um, around 15 years old, uh, my family, we were in a just terrible situation. It was, we, we had, long story short, we were, in, um, in a foreign country, we had gone from one foreign country to another. There was a, a war that broke out there, and then we went to another one. And, uh, I didn't go to school for two years. I was reading books on my own and things like that. Um, but I had been saved when I was 10 and grew up in a Christian family where we read the Word of God um, we had some devo- family devotional type thing that we would do. Not all the time, but we would do it fairly frequently. But um, towards the end of that period, two-year period that I'm referring to, we were in a foreign country just before we came to the U.S. And it was the end of the year. It was towards around this time of the year. I was at church. And before coming into church, someone was passing out some flyers. And I think they were selling them, actually. And so I think somebody bought it for me. And I, I, I took that, and it said, it takes only 15 minutes a day to read the Bible in one year. And yet most Christians have never read it. And I was like, wait, that's me. I've been a Christian for five years. I got saved. Um, and here I am, and I had time, right? I was 15 years old. You know, I had a lot, a lot of responsibility at that time. I was like, I, I, haven't, I haven't read it. So, and in, with that flyer was a calendar that went from Genesis all the way to Revelation, beginning in January, ending in December. I took that thing, and I began to read beginning in January 1st, and I read the entire scripture from beginning to end. And I tell you, that it changed my life. That was probably the most transformative year that I've ever had in my life to this day. Going through the Word of God from beginning to end, taking time every day to read it, it so touched me. And and if you had asked me before that, do you you read the Bible? I would say, of course I have. But when I read it, I realized there was so much I did not know. It was almost like I was reintroduced to God. I, I didn't realize how much I was missing. And I tell you, if you've never done that, there is a lot that you are missing. The best thing that you can do for yourself in this coming year is to read the Word of God. Make it a daily part of your life. Make it a daily part of your, of your, of your diet and as I've mentioned it takes only 15 minutes a day. That is less time than most people spend on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever else is, is out there. 
We spend so much time on these things, but the Word of God is so neglected. Every day, make time. And if you've never read it before, you're a new believer, here's my suggestion. It's just a suggestion. Uh, begin with the Gospel of Luke and read all the way to Revelation. Begin with the Gospel of Luke, then the Gospel of John, Acts, and read all the way to Revelation. Then start again from Genesis and read the whole thing. And someone said to me one time, they said, but why do you keep insisting that we read the whole thing? Does, does it really, should you really read the whole, the, should you really read the whole thing? Do you know, it says, uh, why, why should you read the whole And I found that kind of odd. It's like a, a Christian telling me why they should not read the whole Bible. You know, it's, it's kind of bizarre. Uh, 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 reasoning there, uh, you should give me a reason why you shouldn't read the whole thing uh, ver versus the other way around. But here, here, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you one. Here, here, here it is. You, you, know, you know the first word that Jesus ever uttered that's recorded in the Bible? Um, the, the, first, the, the first commands that... The, uh, The first teaching that Jesus ever gave. The first, first teaching that Jesus ever gave. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. On what? On some words that come from God's mouth. On every word that comes out of God's mouth. Man will not live by bread alone, by every word. At the very least, that means every word that's in this book. Uh, on another occasion, someone said to me, they had a problem, and they came to me, and they said, um, I have an issue, but I want to know what... I, they said, I know you're going to tell me what the Bible says, but I want to hear what you think. Okay? They were not... They, they, were in, they thought I was... You know, it... it, it it would be funny if it weren't so sad. Somebody coming to you and say, I'm, not interest, I'm interested in what you have to say, not in what God has. They, they thought, they believe I'm so talented, I can come up with something God hasn't thought about. Okay? That I can innovate on, on, what, on, what, on what God has said. And, and, you, and, you, and you can't. No one is smarter than this. Nobody is smarter than this. Heaven and earth will pass away. This word will not. It doesn't matter what school you're going to. You know, Pastor Steve's dad went to Harvard. I think his grandpa also went to Harvard. I think maybe his great-grandpa also, right? Does that, does that make him smarter than this? Of course not, right? You, no, no, nobody, no, no, one, no one is. And, and I want to say to you, whenever you're having an issue, you can come and seek for counseling. People here, they're Pastors, elders here, and spiritual men and women here who can help you. But it will only be able to help you as far as you're willing to submit yourself to the Word of God. And if, you, if that's not the heart that you have, you're not really deeply, deep in your heart, you're not interested to know what God is saying, their counseling will not be helpful to you. Because God never gave me or anybody else in the church the latitude to give people our opinions, right? You don't come to church to hear what a man thinks. It, the one thing that we've been given is the Word of God, 
All of us point everybody to what it says. It is the one thing that we cannot change, the one thing that we all agree on. It is the Word of God. And so, please do yourself a favor this coming year. Make it a part of your life. Make it every day. And here are some things that I'm I'm going to, uh, some quick things that I'm I'm going to to point out to you. Um, uh, can we can we go to that? Uh, uh, no, I don't think we have that on the on the projection. But I'll just give you a, a quick a quick verse. Psalm one nineteen. Um, Psalm one nineteen verse one o five. It says that your word is a light to my feet. It's a lamp on my feet and a light on my path. So have you ever been um, have you ever been in your house? I, I don't know if that ever happens to you. It happens to me. I go sometimes, I go downstairs, it's, it's nighttime, I go downstairs to pray or something like that, and I need to get some, and I'm like, I know my house, I don't need to turn on the lights, I'll find my way. And then as you're walking, you run into a chair, you're like, oops, I, didn't re- I forgot, I didn't know that we had a chair here, we had a meeting. Then you keep walking, and then you bump into something else, and you're like, you know what, I need some light. And then you go and turn it light. Has that ever happened to anyone here? That's a, Happened to, happened to me. What does that mean? You're walking in darkness, and it means that when you're walking in darkness, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when you will run into something that is going to hurt. If you close your eyes and you begin to walk around and to walk around, it is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you will hurt yourself. What is the light that we're being given in life? It is the Word of God. It points us to how we should navigate through the life, the journey of life that God has given to us. There is no other light that we've been given but that. And you need that. And it is also why I suggest to you, please read it in the morning before you begin the day. It's like when you go on a journey, you're driving from one place to the, to the next. You enter the, the, the direction in your GPS at the beginning of your journey. You don't get, try to get to the place you're getting. At. Then when you get there, you say, okay, how do you get here again? And then you, you point. It doesn't work like that. So you, it's at the beginning of the day that you go to God and you say, God, give me the roadmap for it. What is your word for me for today? What is it that, what are you saying to me uh, for this day? And Lord, what are you saying to me during this, se- this particular season of my life? And so this is where we found Daniel here. He's reading the word of God. He's searching. He's trying to understand what is God doing? How do I fit in t- into it? And he came to the, prof- the book of the prophet Jeremiah, and, he, and there he saw a promise. In the word of God, he saw a promise. The promise was that the desolation, if we can go back to, to, to that, in Daniel chapter 9, um, verse 2, I understood from Scripture, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So he read that, and he, and he understood that, and he realized, wait, wait a minute, it is 70 years now. And this is what God promised to us. So at this point, when it says there, this is the first year of Darius the, the Mede, that was 70 years. 
that's around 539 uh, BC or so. And so 70 years were up. And Daniel, the man who was reading the scripture, understood the times and understood what God was doing. He saw a promise that applied to his life. As you read the word of God, I don't care what you're going through, what your situation is, what brokenness you're facing, there is a word of God here that applies to your situation. I don't know what is it that you're going through. I don't know what confusion you're in. I don't know what needs you have. I don't know what difficulties you're facing, what hopes or fears you have. But there is something in this word of God that applies to you right now. There is a word of God for your situation, for your season in here. And Daniel saw what applied to him at that time. And isn't it interesting, Jeremiah was a man who was largely ignored and ridiculed in his days when he had written his prophecies. People rejected him. They even threw him in prison. But here was one man who took the word of Jeremiah seriously, took the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah seriously. And so, and, and, and here, here's, here's the thing. God promised 70 years, um, I will restore Jerusalem. After 70 years. And it was now 70 years. What did Daniel do? Did he say, well, it's time to pack up and leave, right? God, God is going to do what he promised. Is that what he did? He said, look at his response. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting, and in sackcloth and ashes. God promised but in order for the, the promise of God to be fulfilled, somebody had to pray. You don't just say, well, God promised, and, the, and he says 70 years. It's now 70 years. Let's start packing and go. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You have to read the word of God. That is one side. That, that if, if, you, if this were uh, a, a, a $100 bill, one side of it is the Word of God. The other side is this, it's prayer. You need both for it to, to, to have any value. The Word of God comes into you, God speaks to you, but you and I need to respond to God in prayer. You don't just wish that things will get better. You don't just see the, the promises of God and say, okay, uh, the, the, the peace of Christ will rule, will, will rule over your mind. That's a promise of God. Um, sin will not have mastery over you because you're not under the, under the law. That's a promise of God. Um, believe in the Lord Jesus. You will be saved, you and your whole family. That's a promise of God. But you don't just sit and say, well, God promised he's going to do it. It does not work like that. That's fantasy. Okay? You have to make time to begin to pray. Do you want things to change in your life? Listen. There was a time in the, in the kingdom that Daniel lived when people really wanted to hurt Daniel. They could not find anything wrong with his work. You know what they did? They say, let's pass a law that says no one can pray for 30 days. And I don't know what kind of kings they had at the time, but they said anybody, everybody, you can only pray to the king. And the, the king said, well, that's a great idea. Um, and then... Um, and they say, and anybody who doesn't do that will be thrown to the den, a lion. And the king say, yeah, that sounds great to me. And so they passed the law. They, they knew the one thing that they could, 
they, they, that if they wanted to attack Daniel, the one thing they could do was to attack his prayer life. I can tell you from personal experience, there has been nothing in my life that the devil attacks more than prayer. It's almost as if he, would, he doesn't mind me teaching, doesn't mind me praying. He doesn't mind me teaching, but praying and fasting, those are the things that when you set time to fast, when you set time to pray, you are going to see uh, interruptions like you've never seen. That's when people start to call you, emergencies come, everybody wants to meet with you. You become popular during the time when you're about to pray. That's not a kind of, and, and, and you, you have to resist that. There is a fight. If you don't fight for that time, it will not happen. There is a discipline to it. And I made up my mind, look, and, and don't say, I'm busy, I don't have time. Okay, Daniel was a busy man. Daniel was not a preacher. He, was not a, he never held a religious position. He wasn't a preacher in a church. He wasn't a priest. He, wasn't, he was a guy who worked in the government. Okay? He had a job, a busy job. But he made time, three times a day to pray. And when they said, you cannot pray for 30 days, Daniel said, I'd rather die. I'd rather die than stop. You're going to throw me to do that, but I will not stop. And listen, they didn't say never pray again. They said just for a month. No more prayer for just a month. And Daniel said to himself, no, he must have thought, well, you know, if this is the thing that they're trying to attack, it must be the thing that works. And in your life, in my life, that is the thing that is going to work. And listen, let me, let me say, say, say this to you. Look, we come to church for two hours, an hour and a half on a Sunday. You can't live on that. doesn't matter how well Pastor Steve teaches. Or, you cannot live on that. Can you imagine somebody coming, um, coming to your house? You feed them one meal. They go away. They come back next week. You give them one meal, and they don't eat in, eat in between. What will happen to them? What kind of health are they going to have? Okay, so we, we come to church for... There's 168 hours in a week. You come to church for a couple of hours. And the rest of the week, you're bombarded by the world and by all kinds of voices. And there's all kinds of evil influences out there. Sunday morning is not going to cut it. You need to have that time daily when you're reading the Word of God and you're praying. It's been a busy time for me. It'd be hard for me to explain to you how busy it has been for me the last several weeks, really months. But I made up my mind, no matter how busy, I'm going to pray. This week, that has meant sometime that prayer time has happened between midnight and two in the morning. But I've said to myself, I, there, there's nothing more important. I cannot say I have something more important to do. I, I, I will spend that time alone with God I know that my spiritual survival depends on it. Look at this. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's an interesting verse in, in Matthew um, chapter 26, verse 40 and 41. I'll read it to you. This is, 
Then he returned to his disciple and found his disciples and found them sleeping. This is Jesus. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, Could you men? Sisters, this is a good verse to say amen to. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? Jesus couldn't understand that these guys could not pray for one hour. They prayed for 15 minutes and they fell. And, and he said they, they, they were sleeping. Have you ever started to pray and after five minutes you fell asleep? That happened to the apostles here. And say, watch and pray so that you will not fall into the, to temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. But they fell asleep again, and they did fall into temptation. That night, they all said, we don't know him. Oh, Jesus, who? I don't know him. What, what was that? It was the result of them not Had they prayed? I believe they would have had the strength to withstand that hour. They did not. And so, you know, in the days in which you and I live, where there is so much evil being bombarded at you, I don't know how you survive without that. It says that the Word of God, a common saying is that the Word of God will keep you from sin. Sin will keep you from the Word of God. A praying man will stop sinning, and a sinning man will stop praying. Are you struggling with, with sin? Is there something in your life, a, a, a besetting sin, something you're struggling with, and it's not just let, it, it, you can't just break free from it? I can tell you, either you're not truly spending time in the Word of God, or you're not really pursuing God in prayer. It is impossible to come into the presence of God day after day after day, and truly listen to Him through His Word, and speak back to him in prayer, and not have your life transformed and changed. Okay, and so please do like make it a part of your life. And uh, to the practical advice I will give here, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you, I'll give you two things. Um, when you come to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to, uh, to 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 conclude here. When you come to the Lord in 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 prayer, look at how Daniel prayed. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 4, I pray to the Lord my God and confess, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servant, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah and the people of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far in all the, the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. O oh Lord, we and our kings, our princes and our fathers and are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the, the Lord our God or kept the law he gave us through his servants, the prophet. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses sworn and sworn judgment written in the law of Moses, a servant of God, have been poured on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled your word spoken against 
us against our rulers by bringing upon us this, this great disaster under the whole heaven. Nothing has been done, has ever been done like has been done to Jerusalem, just as it's written in the law of Moses. All, this disaster, all these disasters have come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God. I'm going to skip over um, to the end here. Verse 17, now our God, hear the prayer and petition of your servant your, for, for your sake, O Lord. Look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give here, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. And do not take, and do not, we do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act for your sake. O my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. In his prayer, and here are the advices that I'm going to give to us as we um, conclude here. When you come before the Lord, don't pretend about your sins. Be upfront to God about the things that you have done that are sinful. Recognize that, you see, we all face pains in our lives. But I think the most painful wounds that we have, the ones that hurt the most, are not the ones that other people did against us. It is the self-inflicted wounds from our disobedience to God's word. It is when we decided to be foolish, depart from the ways of God and do life our own way. Those are the, the wounds that hurt the most. And go before the Lord and don't pretend. Repent. Confess. And come, number two, come with humility. Look, look at this. Daniel was actually a very righteous man. But you see in his prayer here, he says, we have sinned. We have sinned against the Lord our God. We have done wickedly. He included himself. He identified with the people of Israel. You have people in your family that you're praying for. Don't go before God and say, Lord, these people are sinners. That's never the attitude of anyone who makes progress with God. Come before the Lord in humility, knowing that there is not all of us come in there by the mercy of God through the blood of Jesus. All of us. No one is so righteous, so good, that we just walk into the presence of God and we, can, and we feel that we have the right to ask anything. So we come to God in humility, repent, uh, deal with the things in your life that need to change. You can pray, and I know I have known people who pray a lot. They pray and they read the Bible a lot. However, there are things in their lives that are sinful, but that they have refused to deal, to deal away with. And you cannot make progress with God like that either. God cannot ignore the fact that there is sin and just answer and hear our prayers. It does not work like that. We have to come before God with a clear conscience. You have to come before the Lord in honesty and say to the Lord, here are the things in my life that are unclean. Lord, deliver me, set me free from that. I repent from, from that. Here are the sinful things in my home. 
uh, that some of my family members are doing, forgive us. God always values that kind of, that kind of honesty. Let's not be, let's not be uh, hypocrites. Hypocrisy is the worst kind of foolishness, I, I think, in the, in the entire Word of God, because it is doing an act before men by pretending that we can fool God and we cannot. Okay? And the other thing I want to mention, that I want to mention, uh, when Daniel was, uh, when you begin to pray and to fast, you, the answer may not come immediately. Uh, Daniel chapter, chapter 10, this is the last scripture I'm going to, to read. Verse 2, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotion until all three weeks were over. And at the end of those, uh, of those, of those, 21, of those 21 days, an angel came to Daniel, and here is what the angel um, said to Daniel in, verse, in chapter 10, verse 11. Daniel, you are highly esteemed. You highly esteemed. Consider carefully the, the word. Um, sorry, I'm reading the wrong, um, the wrong verse. Yeah, verse 12, right here. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. He fasted for 21 days. And the first day, the second day, the third day, the 19th day, the 20th day, and the 21st day, there was no response. And suddenly at the end of those days, the angel comes and the angel says to him, look, your words were heard when? On the day you set your heart to begin. The day, if today is that day for you where you set your heart, this is the day I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to become a man, a woman who takes the word of God, reads it, to obey it, and a man, a woman who prays. The day you set your heart to begin to do that, God takes notice of that day. That day is noted in heaven, and an answer is sent. You may not see that answer for a few weeks. You may not see it for a few months. I don't know what it will be for you, but my, my practical advice is you keep praying even if you don't see anything change. And when you begin to pray, that is likely what will happen. For the first X amount of time, there will be no movement. Things may even get worse. That's, has that ever happened to you? You be praying for someone, they get worse. You're wondering if you should stop praying because they're, they're getting worse. That has happened to me. Praying for somebody and they're getting worse. They're here like, are my prayers hurt, helping or they're hurting but you, you, you keep praying and you, do, you, you never, you don't give up. You have a wayward child or you have whatever, you have a, 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 a brokenness in your family. You keep praying and one day, one day, the answer will come. Look at what these, this, this angel said. I came, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Look at what happened when a man sincerely prays. Angels begin to move. Heaven begins to move. In response, 
to your words, in response to your prayer. Okay? Say to someone next to you that God will move in response to my praying. Okay? Say, 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 that, say that. God will move in response to my praying. My praying. And, and say to them, God will move in response to your praying. In response to your praying. Let's believe God. There will be, you read the word of God, the word of God will put faith in your heart. You will use that faith to pray, and God will answer you. Um, when I had, um, there, maybe four or five years ago, I was invited to speak at uh, a church. They were having a, 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 um, a weekend program, uh, you know, seminar, whatnot. So I, I spoke there, I think, on a, on a Saturday and then on Sunday at the church. It was in, uh, in Canada in a place called St. John's. Anybody ever been there? So it's at the end of, oh, you've been there. Oh, interesting. It's at the end of, uh, it's literally the ends of the earth, meaning it's the, Easter, it's the easternmost uh, point in the American continent. So when you get there, after that, if you keep going east, you, there, there's no more land till you reach England. So I was out, out there, and um, the Sunday when I was speaking, a lady gave a testimony. Um, she was married uh, with, uh, she and her husband have maybe three kids. And he um, and the husband decided um, to leave, met another lady, a woman, ran off with her. And this is his wife. Um, and usually when men do that, they don't come back, right, just by statistics. So she, she went to the pastor and told them that, look, there's just been so much disorder in my life. I, I, I just want to take some time and pray. Can you give me, like, a, the pastor has a big house. Like, can you give me a room in your house where I could just come and spend some time in prayer? They said, sure. And she began to fast and pray. Once a week, she'll go there and pray. She says she'll start at 6 p.m. at night, and she'll pray till 6 in the morning. And she worked. I think she works as a nurse. And she did that for a year. And God not only answered her prayers, that the man came back. I met him. When I, I, he, was, he was there that, that Sunday. Uh, I was talking to, I talked to him. I was so touched by the testimony. I was talking to him. He had this look on his face that, like, what was I doing? It was a man that God had arrested. Um, and, his, and that Sunday, I was speaking the following Saturday, they were doing a, a, a remarriage ceremony, I guess. They were doing another wedding ceremony for their marriage at church the following Saturday. The following Saturday. God answered, and you see, and not only that, the testimony that she gave, say not only did her husband come back, but she said that there had been other brokenness in her family with her brother and, other, and, and others, and God just began to bring so much healing and restoration. We have a God who answers prayers. Unfortunately, it's almost been like, the, among believers, it's almost like there is this, uh, believing atheism kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where we, we say we believe in God, but we don't expect much from Him. You know, and I want to challenge us. 
if you and I will turn to God, will become men and women of the Word of God, men and women of prayer, where we approach the Lord with humility, with truth, we're not trying to pretend. We come there humbly before the Lord. We come there seeking the glory of God. God will answer us. And there will be a testimony, and the coming year will be a different one. So how is change going to come? It's not going to come by wishing for it. It's going to be what we sow. Sow time in the Word of God. Sow time in, in prayer. Um, there, Dan and the team's going to gonna come. Um, sorry, I went a couple of minutes over my time. So he's going to come. They're going to come and they'll sing. If you need prayer, um, yeah, there will be prayer couples here as well. Please uh, come. You, if, you, if, you, if you, in your heart, you, you want to, to, be, to become that person, you want to say, Lord, I want your help this, this, this year to be a man of prayer, a man of the, of the Word of God, a woman of prayer, a woman of the Word of God. Please come. Um, people here will pray for you. There will be people here afterwards also who will pray for you, um, will pray for you as well. Yeah, okay. Why don't you, let's stand, please.